Welcome to the Membership Machine Show, talking you through your membership website from initial idea all the way to finished product. Here's your host, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the Membership Machine Show. This is episode 43. I haven't got my co-host with me, Spencer Forum. He's off to a conference over the weekend. But we have got a special guest. Um, We've got Kirk Nugent. Um, I probably butchered his surname. I'm terrible for that. <laughs> I've got to be honest. But um, Kirk is somebody I've been following for, for the past couple of years. He's a real expert on live streaming video and how you can utilise it to build your membership website or any other type of business online. That's right. So, Kirk, would you like to uh, do a quick introduction to the listeners and viewers? Sure, 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 sure. First of all, I just want to say a word of thanks for, to you and, and your, your, your co-host and the, and the team uh, for bringing me on the show today. Excited to be here and, and to chat with your audience a little bit. Uh, as he <laughs> mentioned, my name is Kirk Nugent. I also go by the Geek Speaker Preacher. And I believe... <laughs> I, believe I, love, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I believe that your, your live stream is your digital storefront. I'm just going to repeat that one more time your live stream is your digital storefront because there's no greater way for people to experience your greatness than for them to see you do it live uh when they see you do it live they don't need the taste test they don't need the ad campaign they're ready to buy whatever it is you're having what do you whatever it is you have to offer and i and i also believe that your live stream can not only help you grow and get an audience, but it can help you to establish yourself as a thought leader in a given space. But the last one is the one where we're going to really focus in on today in today's conversation is that it can help you to create steady streams of referral based opportunities. Now I say opportunities because it is what you make of it. It it is your systems on the back end. However, you, you have set your things up to funnel people into the different offers and things that you have have. And if you are looking to grow a membership, those opportunities can be created by going live. Uh, so I'm definitely excited about uh, coming through today and hanging out with you guys and chatting it up, uh, but also learning a little bit more about you guys as well. Oh, thanks for that. Before we go into the meat and potatoes of this great interview, I've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example, Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. Hi there, folks. It's Jonathan Denwood here, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, and that's Zolo.com. If you've got a WordPress website, a membership website, and you're looking to link it with a great financial management package, Zolo can provide this solution. So all your bookkeeping needs are done through Zolo. If you need new inbox email functionality and you don't want to pay the high charges that Google will charge you, Zolo offers a great email inbox platform. They've got over 
50 apps and services that all integrate fantastic with WordPress at great value levels. And they almost always offer a fully functioning free product as well. So it's just amazing value. Also, if you're a WordPress developer or agency owner, Zolo are looking for great partnerships in the WordPress space. To get all this information, all you have to do, folks, is just go over to Zolo.com and they have the products that you're looking for. Thank you so much, Zolo, for supporting WP Tonic and the Machine Membership Shows. It's much appreciated. We're coming back, folks. I just wanted to say that um, we've got some great special offers from the sponsors. Plus, we've got a curated list of the best WordPress plugins if you're looking to build your membership website on WordPress, and you should be. I think you should be. To get all these goodies, all you have to do is go over to wp-tonic.com slash deals wp-tonic.com slash deals and you find the special offers and this curated list so you don't have to troll the internet to find the best solutions for your membership website what more could you ask for probably a lot more but that's all you're going to get from that particular page so um so let's go straight into it so yeah um, yeah so what do you see some of the difficulties in 2023 to start using live video uh, as a driver connected, um, as a key call for driving possible students and membership to your membership website? What do you think are some one or two key things yeah. that people got to really understand so they can, they can utilise this tool more effect- effectively? It's, it's, there's a same thing for membership, anything membership related. You are providing a service, you're providing a solution, you're providing a community. And all of those things have to be, have, they, they utilize the same strategy. That's the term I want to use. Uh, so for your membership, you already know who your perfect perf- person is. You know who your avatar is. You know who you are speaking to and what problem you solve for that particular person. Um, when you are launching out into live video as a, uh, as you mentioned, key tool for driving, you know, students to your membership sites, um, you want to make sure that you implement the same strategies. You want to make sure you have that same person in your head as you're speaking. Um, maybe you go live and you are giving out these little quick tips, tricks, best practices, very short and sweet, um, but but they are are meant to kind of I guess, stir up some questions. And the more questions you can get, the more interactive your live will be. And and the more people will recognize that there is more here. And because there's more here, um, I'm not going to be able to get access to it here on the live stream. I'm not going to be able to get access to it here on social media. That is what membership is for. And so if you craft that, you know, as I like to say, customer uh, story as you if you craft that uh, that journey for them, making sure that all those pieces are in place, that same strategy you're using for your membership, you're using it for online. Um, but yeah, I believe that I, I actually would would even go as far as to say having uh, online presence, whether it be live or even just social content, is a critical uh, tool in terms of creating that funnel and bringing people into your ecosystem. Absolutely. All right. Um, are there kind of one, is there one key thing that people got to understand that, that stops them from 
is a major barrier that they over I'm trying to explain this in a better way. I apologize. Is there one is there one thing that stops a lot of people from trying um to use live video that they overestimate the difficulty? Hopefully, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, no, that, there, there's, I mean, one of the major things that people constantly say to me is like, I'm just not good on camera or I'm, I'm not, uh, yeah, I, I, I have, uh, imposter syndrome or I, I suffer from, I'm camera shy or stage fright or whatever you want to call it. You have so many different terms for the same thing. And one of the things I like to say to folks is it's live video. And they're like, yeah, that's the part I don't like. It's live. I'm like, yeah, okay. So, um, when you're talking to me right now, are you alive? And they say yes, uh, because clearly they're not dead. And so I'm saying we I think we overthink live video because we have conversations with people every day. You go to Starbucks, you have a conversation with the person making your coffee. You go to the a restaurant, you have a conversation with the waiter. You go to the grocery store, you have a conversation with the person because you're looking for the bread aisle. You have conversations all the time. Those conversations, maybe even at a networking meeting, maybe at a social event, you sit down, you meet new people. Those conversations, we're simply trying to take that same concept here to the live space and we're allowing your audience to have that two-way conversation with you if you're solo or like myself and Jonathan are right now we're we're able to have this conversation together um, um, on camera together like this so have it that's one of the major things I would say is 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 something that people overthink I don't want to belittle it because I know that for some people it's a very real issue but I do believe that uh, well, let me say, from my experience, I have gotten, I've taken so many people through the process of learning um, how to go live, and they absolutely enjoy it once they do it for the first or second time. And so getting over that hurdle sometimes can be just the major thing. But once you get over it, you kind of recognize like, oh, this is really not that bad, actually. This is actually pretty simple. So, and then the the, the results, however, are exponential. So... Yeah, the thing is, I, I can't listen to myself. I think I've got or I think you've got a lovely voice. Uh, um, you know, you're very polished and just love your voice. Uh, I, I I can't listen to myself. I do this. And I like chatting with people. I just see it as a kind of like what, how you explained it. Yeah. You know, I have guests. I have a reputation sometimes of asking blunt questions and mm-hmm. some people don't like that. But I don't want it to be a total interrogation. I just see us having a chat, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I can't listen to myself. I think I've got awful voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, on to the next one, next question. Sure, so, sure. Um, what are some of the major platforms for doing um, live video? Now, we're using StreamYard at the present moment. Mm-hmm. to do this recording. Yeah. Um, so I imagine you want to talk about StreamYard, but maybe I think myself, I don't know, I think there's about four to six. Yeah. Maybe you can go through the top yeah, three we'll or go four. Through. We'll yeah, go through. Three. Absolutely. I, there, so let me, <clears throat> let me explain uh, how to break them down first. So like you have first for any of the live streaming uh, methodologies out there, you have tier one, you have tier two, 
you have tier three and you have tier four. I'm not going to bother with tier four because that's really high end, you know, video production, you know, NFL type stuff, right? Major sporting events. That's that tier four. Nobody's doing that at home. Uh, Tier one is just your mobile phone, right? There's nothing between you and the streaming platform. If you want to stream on Facebook, you get your phone out, you stream. You want to stream on YouTube, you get your phone out. As long as you have the requisite amount of subscribers, you can stream. Keep that in mind. Tier two, however, is web-based. Um, you know, you open up your web browser, whether it's Safari, Chrome, Mozilla, Firefox, whatever it might be. You open up your browser, you you log into your streaming platform. In this case, just as Jonathan mentioned, you are we're using StreamYard. You log into the browser, you connect your camera, your microphone, and you're able to stream. That's tier two. Uh, there are many in that tier two streaming platform uh, category. I would say tier two is actually easier than tier one. It's easier than using your phone. Yes, you heard me right. It's actually easier. StreamYard, Restream, BeLive, Melon App, uh, EVMux. There's so many tier two web-based streaming platforms that are out there. But of all of them, I would say StreamYard is probably the easiest. Um, the lowest bar for entry, in my opinion, you can be going, you can go live with the free account in less than 10 minutes. You, you literally, you can l- create the account, add your destinations, create a studio and go live in less than 10 minutes. They make it that simple and easy. And so StreamYard is definitely one that I highly recommend and uh, one that one that you should check out if you're getting started in this space. But there are those who are like, okay, I've used these tier two for a while and there are some limitations because there are. Um, I would like to have a little bit more freedom in terms of my design and my flow and my functionality as I stream. And if that is you, then there is tier three. Tier three is an installed application, right? So this is not web-based anymore. This is uh, like Ecamm. That's what I like to use. Uh, but then you also have stuff like OBS and Wirecast and vMix. These are all same streaming type applications. It's just that they're not in the browser. They install, you install them on your computer and you would stream that way. Um, and as I mentioned, tier four is not one that we're really going to get into. But I mean, it, it's just really that simple. You can use your phone. You can use a browser-based streaming platform or you can install one on your computer. And depending on what your functionality is, I would say getting started, you would want to start with something like a StreamYard. Absolutely. Um, I noticed you haven't, because about, well, it's almost two years ago, I moved over to StreamYard. Mm -hmm. But before, (laughs) before that, I was using Zoom. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, um, for the interviews and I had a round table show, a weekly one. I've, um, I wanted to do this show and I didn't have the bandwidth. So the round table show, I, I only do it monthly now because there's only so much time I've got. Um, but I used to use Zoom and I've noticed you didn't mention Zoom mm. as you were talking. Is there a particular reason why? Yeah, so Zoom is a really great meeting platform and they have added into Zoom some really useful recording abilities. And one of the the abilities that you're probably referring to, Jonathan, is is the fact that you can actually go live. You can actually turn on uh, the streaming functionality in Zoom to stream to the different platforms, whether it be Facebook, YouTube. Um, I think you can also stream to some of the other platforms as well, but those are probably the main ones. The reason why I didn't mention it is because of the functionality of Zoom and, and Zoom's core, you know, purpose. It's a meeting platform. Um, when I talk about streaming, when I'm talking about doing broadcast a production, you want a scenario, you want a, uh, a scene, an experience is really the term I'm looking for for your audience where they're not seeing the mouse move around or they're not, you know, seeing these, the, this, 
you know, green box uh, type of scenario. It's the way Zoom has it set up. It's really for a meeting. And um, you, you you don't have the ability to do a full production. Uh, wh- what Jonathan's able to do with StreamYard is he's able to play a video. He's able to play background music. He's able to bring guests on and off. People can sit in the backstage. Um, and this is this is where what we're in here is not the meeting space. This is actually the broadcast space. And the audience, however, is on those other platforms and they're able to watch from there. And so you're able to provide them with a clean experience similar to what you would see from maybe even a TV station. And so because of the production functionality that Zoom lacks, I just didn't bother mentioning it. But yeah, that's that's really the main reason. <laughs> just a quick follow-through question. Sure, um, sure. You know, one of the, obviously it's got a lot of baggage as well. Um, one of the exciting things recently for me is Twitter or X now. X, yeah, yeah. Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Our, um, <laughs> bless his little heart. Our, um, <laughs> our, um, <laughs> um is that you could do live streaming there, can't you? Are you uh, are you very you know if you you got to have a you got to have a, the, a pro account, the blue tick account, whatever they're calling it. I coughed up my eighty dollars for the year because, and I straight away started um, not live streaming but uploading my my videos that I recorded that week to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can do live video now with it as well, can't you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even before they made the switch to X, you could stream. You could definitely stream. That's one of the destinations. I have several clients that stream to Twitter as well. Absolutely. Yeah, um, I was quite excited about that because I've got a reasonably large following on Twitter, about yeah. seven to 8,000 people. That's awesome. Um, so I've been doing that. So let's go on. So... Yeah. Um, so what are the key steps somebody needs to understand connected to improve? Are they, now you got it, you, you've made a decision, you got over the imposter, imposter syndrome. That's correct, yeah. Um, you've chosen your platform and you, I think you should start with StreamYard. Me too. I totally, I totally agree with you, right? Um, um, so what are so you got you got over the initial steps and you got your platform. So what are one or two things? Let's say you're like two, three, four months in. Yeah. What are one or two things that you can do to improve the experience for your audience? Absolutely. Yeah. There's there's um you're you're a couple months in. I think that's a great place and that's a great question, Jonathan. That's see a lot of people. I have the occasional one, <laughs> but not that often actually. No, but there's you know there's there's something to be said for. Most people ask that question right at the outset, but I think you need to give yourself a couple months to actually make sure you like it and make sure this is something you're actually going to do long haul before you start making an investment. Uh, because what you're talking about now is kind of improving your sound, your light, and your video. Those are the main three components of live streaming, sound, light, video. And I want to say that that's not only the three main things, that's in the order of importance. If you're going to make that first investment, you want to make the investment in sound. People don't care what you look like if they can't hear you. So don't bother to make the investment in a better camera or better lighting if you don't have good sound. So you want to make sure that you make invest in sound. And let me tell you, investing in sound doesn't necessarily mean going out and buying a $2,000 mic. There is no $2,000 mic. Let me just say that to begin with. But the mic I'm on is 150 bucks. The point is, 
you want to invest in your sound. You want to actually think about what do I sound like? Do I want to sound better? Uh, what I often um, walk coaching clients through is, you know, going putting aside maybe two to three hundred dollars and and just saying, you know, this is money I'm going to use to really start playing with some microphones. Buy one, test it out, send it back. Buy another, test it out, send it back. Make your notes. Find the mic that works for you. Everybody's voice is different. I've listened to my voice on different mics. And Jonathan, I know you said you don't like, you can't listen to yourself. I can't, I can't, I can't do <laughs> But I'm telling you, I'm, just... I'm telling you, I, I challenge you, I challenge you to, to, to just listen to yourself on different microphones and just see what it sounds like. You never can tell. But I have, you know, I've, I've come to, I've tested many, many, many mics and I found that this mic was the one that I really like, even though I have more expensive mics, this mic, I still, I can listen to myself on this mic. I like how I sound on this mic. But another investment in sound um, I, I, is, is that Jonathan and I both are wearing headphones. Um, and that is a major investment in your sound for your live stream. Because when you wear headphones, you're not forcing your computer to uh, remove the other person's sound. So I can turn off echo cancellation, which is a major performance hog on a computer. So because I have that turned off, my computer can focus on other things and, and I can hear the person in my ears. They can hear me from the microphone and not, no one else needs to hear what, what's going on. And, and I think that's a major investment in sound. Everybody always asks me, why do you put light second? Why not invest in light after you invest in video? Because all light, any light improvements you make will make any camera better. I don't care what camera you have. If your lighting is good, it's going to look good. So if you've ever gone to a wedding <laughs> and you know everybody's taking pictures at the wedding with their cell phones and of course you've got this photographer who's been paid a lot of money to take pictures as well. And then when you look at the pictures coming out afterwards in terms of the cell phone pictures and then the professionals pictures, there's just a little bit of difference, right? And the reason for that is because the photographer set up the light. and The lighting is actually the difference maker. And so once the photographer set up the shot stage the shot, lit the shot, anybody could take a picture and it's going to look good. And that's why I always say you got to invest in your lighting second. And then finally, after you've gotten your light right, your sound is right, then you, you, you may want to look into your video. Down the line always, there might be months in between all of these different investments, but your first investment, you want to invest in sound. Maybe a couple months later, you say, okay, I'm ready to level up again. Let's look at lighting. What's my lighting look like? Maybe, maybe your investment in lighting isn't even purchasing a light. Maybe it's buying blackout curtains like what I have behind me because I've got a big, huge bank of windows here. But if I have those lights in my shot, it's going to completely mess up what I look like on camera. So your your lighting investment comes next. And then lastly, your video. So anybody that's in that thing, just as you said, Jonathan, they're a couple months in, they're like, okay, now I'm ready to level up. Those are the three things I would tell you to do. Yeah. Um, I think you're, you're totally spot on. Well, you would be because you're the expert, but uh, I'm not the expert. Uh, um, I'm just a DIY guy. A DIY um, is good. I like um, DIY. Yeah. Um, so I use a, I've been using this for eight years, this mic. Um, mm. It's um, Auto Technic. It's a UBS. Do you think you can get away with just utilizing a USB mic? Yeah, you don't absolutely. Need, you don't need a, because I had, when I first got started in podcasting, I had a co-host and he was from the audio uh, engineering kind of quasar background. And I used mm -hmm. to call him the um, the sound Nazi <laughs> because he used to he used to spend like five hours on a podcast making sure that the Everything sound was, was yeah. you know, every hum, but. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. um, was removed. Uh, um, I've, you know, I said, you know, we don't have to go that far. So um, I use this. I've been using this audio technic. It cost me about 90 bucks. Yeah. Do, do you think that's fine to start off with? Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I, I'm a big fan of starting off with whatever you have. But I mean, and, 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 and there are so many people who have mics laying around the house. They're, they're not using, most of them are USB mics and I'm fine with that. I think, um, you know, I have, I have some clients who don't want to do an XLR mic, which is what I'm using, but that's okay. You don't have to have an XLR because XLR mics require additional components to be able to bring that into your life. It needs a deck. It needs external deck. Yes, that's exactly, exactly right. USB audio interface. And so, yeah, you're, you're still going to have to convert that XLR to USB anyway. So the mic I have actually has both. This is uh, the MV7X, but the MV7, it's, it's its cousin. It looks exactly the same. It's just it has that dial on the front, but the Shure MV7 has both XLR and USB. But even that is, is, may some be overkill for somebody. USB mics sound great. They've come a long way. The pandemic has done us all a favor. Yeah. Uh, be in that a lot of, of great audio is so much more accessible. It used to be yeah. there's huge disparity between XLR mics and, and Well, yeah, um, people wanted, um, there's a lot of people suggesting people use Shaw. Yeah, I think it's Shaw, isn't it? Like they're $300 a pop, aren't they? Are you sure? Yeah, but this this is a Shaw mic and this is yeah. 150 But it's All right. Yeah, it's it. You know, it's just depending on what you want to do. And like I said, there's just so much opportunity now. Um, there's so many great mics. There are little known brands that are out there that are creating some really great sounding mics. Um, that and again, it's just a matter of kind of going through and testing and seeing what do you like, what do you, what don't you like, um, and how can you, how can you really get into to to that space? So, yeah, and I think it was great that you because I I understood why you start with audio because. I think people, as long as the content is interesting, they are put up with bad lighting, bad video, yes, they will, all sorts of things, but they will not put up with bad audio. That's so they? true, so true. Now yeah. I am surrounded with lights. Yeah, I literally, um, I am. I've got a light there, got a light <laughs> there, and I got a wacky big light here. Yeah, yeah. I've got a natural light, but it's got a blind, uh-huh. so. I've literally got lights everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna flip mine so you can see. This is what it looks like for me. Oh, that's what I've got. I've yeah, got one of those I've got big, this big, huge light yeah. above me, and then a yeah. panel light to the side to kind of fill it in. But I've got a similar setup actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But my lighting isn't as good as you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, over time, like I said, you know, I I started off in a storage closet um, in in our in our home here, and I've kind of just grown to to the point where we we are now. But I think you you have to have that journey in order to truly appreciate you know where you arrive at a lot of people who start off just say hey let me just buy whatever you have well you, you don't know why i have what i have because I've, I've bought them piece by piece over time for different projects for different things for different looks that i've been trying to you know to, to build over time so I, I i think you said it best you know you 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 invest in that sound because people Really, really, that's so critical. Um, and then, of course, you know, you want to invest in the lighting. I don't really care what camera you have. You have good lighting. That camera is going to do better. But now, when but, it comes when it comes to the lighting, mm-hmm. when I was searching the internet, as you do, and watching watching your channel as well, <laughs> and, uh, um, you get all these recommendations. When you go on to Amazon or some of the other um, shopping channels. 
there's just an enormous disparity when it comes to lighting kits, mm-hmm. isn't there? Mm-hmm. You know, from a I chose the I chose ones that were in the medium price range. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I spent in total. I bought a kit, and I um, and then I bought another. Uh, I think I spent about three to four hundred in total. That's a, that's a great investment, I think, um, in lighting. Absolutely. Uh, I, I can't remember what my, my key light uh, cost at this point. Is it Godox SL60W? But uh, I'll look it up. But I think it was maybe two something. But yeah, I, I think, you know, two to $300 is a great yeah. investment. It's not too, too heavy. It's something that if you, if you, if you start today, right? If you're starting today and you give yourself four months to say, okay, in four months time, I'm going to make an investment. In four months time, you say that you've been doing your live shows um, and that gives you enough time to say, do I like doing this? But the moment you start doing it, you start saving as well. I think if you save $100 a month, which a lot of people can do if they really you know, try, yeah. you know, skip Starbucks or, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you save a hundred dollars a month, you do yourself a favor <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but yeah, you, you would have about three to $400 saved up and then you can get in a, a mic. All right. You, you, you do another three to four months. Um, and you're, you're still saving that to a hundred dollars and then you can buy your lighting. Um, then you go another three to four months and you could probably upgrade your webcam or whatever it is that you're using for your camera. Oh, let's discuss that before we go for our middle sure, break. Sure. Um, so cameras. Um, I started with a webcam and I still have got a webcam. I've got I do a, too. As a backup. As, a, uh, as my, my behind the scenes camera. Yeah. And for my, um, for my just conference calls, I just, I have it so I can flip it up. And I've got a um, logic, um, Logic Tech, you know, um, they're 4K. And then, but when I was getting serious about this, I bought the camera that I'm using now, which is a Canon 50. Yeah, um, 50, good. But then I had to buy a lens that almost cost more than the, more than the camera. camera because <laughs> I, I tried to utilize a, a secondhand lens, um, a Canon lens, but mm. then I forgot the lens I ended up um, which was recommended by all the YouTube perfect mm. like, and it was almost the price of the Canon to yeah. get this depth of field. Um, yeah. What do you would you still think it, that was the right journey? You start Absolutely. with a webcam, but in the end, when you saved a bit of money, you got to go with yep. something like the. Um, I think it's the Sony and the Canon. That's yeah. still pretty popular, aren't they? Right. Yeah. I'm. I've, I'm a Canon. I, I was a. I was a. I was a Canon guy before. Uh, I've switched to Sony, but I'm gonna tell you right now what you just said. That is exactly the journey. That is exactly the journey. Um, you you want to start, like I said, you want to start with what you have. And most people have a camera on their laptop. Um, if you've got, if you're using an iPhone and, an, and, an, and a MacBook or a Mac computer, you actually have your, you could actually use your phone as your webcam, mm-hmm. right? You can use continuity camera and that's actually a really great camera. So I always say that because I always want to make sure we, we, we completely eliminate excuses for people who are like, <laughs> well, I got to get this camera before I can go live. No, you actually don't. You purchased a really expensive camera already in your phone. And so if you have a a MacBook, then all you're talking about doing is just turning on a continuity camera and you would be shocked at how great the quality is. So you can start there, but you do want to have something dedicated if you plan on doing this 
long term. So if you get you give yourself three months to kind of get acclimated, after three months you're gonna be like, ah, I don't want to use a webcam anymore. Or maybe maybe after six months you might want to say, Hey, I'm gonna really want to invest. Um, that's a time where you really want to start looking at the marketplace and seeing what are some of the things that I can buy. And I think you purchased a really great camera. The M50 is one that a lot of us got at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, right around that time frame, the Mark II has clean HDMI on it, so you want to make sure whatever. Yeah, because I had to buy additional. Because I'm using a Mac, I had to buy some additional software in order to pull it off. Yes, yeah, so it's clean. So that's another major thing I always tell people: you when you're getting a, a DSLR camera, if, especially if you're using it for streaming, you need clean HDMI. And then can you, you explain ca- what you mean by that? Right. So if you're looking at the camera, everybody, most people know when you look at the back of the camera, you're going to see your ISO, you're going to see, you know, your white balance, you can see all these little things. But when you take a picture, of course, you get a clean picture. Well, if you're going to use it as a webcam, all those things that you see on the back of the camera, when you plug it up to your computer, you're going to see those things. Because you're not actually taking a picture, you're using it to show yourself live. So you want to make sure that you get a camera that has the ability to give a clean HDMI out. Clean HDMI out. I'm going to say it one more time because that's all you got to do is Google the camera and put in with the camera clean HDMI out. Once you once once the camera, you know, if you're the camera of your choice, if it has that, then you know you can start looking at some of the other options in terms of okay, what does what lens is going to cost me and things like that. But um, the capture card. Uh, if I can just take a second, the capture card also is critical because you do need to be able to get that camera feed into your computer as a webcam, right? And the capture card essentially does that. The capture card, you plug it into the computer and the computer sees it as a webcam and then you plug your camera into the capture card. So the the combination of the two really kind of gives you gets you across the line. And that's what both Jonathan and I are using today. Yeah, I'm using um, a bit of software for the Mac called Card. Carcade Pro webcam. Okay, yeah, that's what I'm utilizing. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, but they were because there are some cameras that only I think that this has gone away. But I think when I was looking a couple of years ago, there were some cameras that only allowed you to film for a certain amount of time. Time, and they would, right? And they, they would they, switch they off, would turn off, right? Yeah, that thirty minute thing. Yeah, that would be terrible. That was yeah. job, was it? Um, to. I think we're getting close to a break. I've got a couple more questions around sure, the sure. camera, and then I've got some more questions. Um, I think we're going to go for our mid-break, folks. It's been a fantastic discussion. Hopefully, you got some value. Got a couple more uh, messages from sponsors. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Hey, it's Spence from LaunchFlows.com. If you've been looking for a fast and easy way to create powerful sales funnels on WordPress, then look no further than LaunchFlows. In just minutes, you can easily create instant registration, upsells, downsells, order bumps, one-click checkouts, one-time offers, custom thank you pages, and best of all, no coding is required. For as little as $50 per year, you can own and control your entire sales funnel machine with Launch Flows. Get your copy today. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code PODCAST20. That's podcast 
1-800-227-8820. Enjoy the rest of your show. We're coming back, folks. We've had a real dive. I've loved this conversation. <laughs> um, before we go into the second half, I just want to point out, if you're looking to host your membership or community website, WordPress, and I think you should, um, why don't you have a look at WP Tonic? We make it easy to host your website utilising the power of WordPress. Um, we take away some of the pain and obstacles obstacles away from utilizing WordPress so you can have all the benefit of flexibility of design, ownership of your website and your membership website. So when you actually grow your site, you don't have to change platforms, which is extremely painful. Um, So um, take my word for it. So if that sounds interesting, and it should, go over to WP Tonic, have a look at what we got to offer, and we'd love you to become part of the tribe. Mm. So um, the other thing, um, should you go 4K? Because I'm using one of the lower... Um, the lowest paid stream yard. And I don't think with that level I can do 4K. Mm-mm. And I think my camera will do it and that, but I just haven't bothered. Um, and I think, I think now YouTube will do it 4K because when I was, when I was looking at it about a year, or whatever, I don't think you could do it for YouTube. But, um, uh, what are the benefits? You know, I would imagine you do it all 4K. I've got, a, I've got, a, a a business partner that's also a professional for um, video video guy, mm-hmm. and he does his video in four K for his professional clients. <laughs> uh, so, what are the benefits? It, can you really, really see a really big difference if you're not at four K? Do you think? So, it's if your if your main um, if your main objective is live live video, right? So. What you just said is exactly right. Um, YouTube for a long while was the only one that was doing 4K, but I believe LinkedIn and um, um, Facebook have kind of up theirs as well. So I think they do 4K as well. How many people are actually watching in 4K? Probably not many. It's totally up to you. Um, I think 1080p is a standard right now. Maybe in another year or so, we'll see 4K kind of replace that. But right now, 1080p is probably the highest that you'll find people watching it. 720p is still fine, especially for mobile, but 720p when you make that thing, put it on a big screen, you're going to see you're going to see the, the 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 distortion, you're going to see some of the pixelation. So, that's kind of where we are with that. Now, I'll also say this, uh Amazon doesn't do anything above 720p. So keep that in mind. There are platforms that are still saying we don't even care, but they're taking the bet that most people who are watching their platform are watching on mobile and uh-huh. 720p on a mobile device looks great. So you kind of need to kind of balance that thing a little bit. Now, let me, let me say, let me answer your other question. You said, what's the, what, why, why do people go with 4k anyway? It's really going to be more for the person who's going to be editing. So for live, um, you know, can I stream in 4K? Sure, I can. Um, how many people are going to watch that in 4K? I don't know. But when I'm editing a video, I would much rather ha- that video had been originally recorded in 4K than for it to be recorded in 1080p or 720p because I can zoom in on different parts. I can crop. I can 
I can almost make it as if there was three or four cameras, uh, as long as it was recorded in 4K, 6K even, right? Because you can, you can, you can bring in different pieces. You can do different things. There's just so many opportunities that you have when it's 4K. 4K meaning 4,000 pixels. So in, in that same square or rectangle, you have way more pixels to work with. And so when you zoom in on it, you don't get pixelation. You're actually still seeing it as if it was you know, recorded that way. So those are the reasons why a lot of people uh, move to 4K, especially for repurposing content. Uh, you want to, you know, clip out a piece and and just have, let's say, you know, for the portion of the, piece, uh, the, the, the recording where I'm talking, you want to clip that part out and just post that to maybe TikTok or Instagram. That's going to be critical to be able to do that in 4K because you can crop in on it and have it still look good. So that's that's one of the reasons why. Oh I right, I get it because um, I do uh, with my business partner. Um, I do another podcast. Well, no, it's a it's a podcast. Well, the bit I do with him is actual a regular video um, show, um, and we have to we don't use Streamyard. We use something else because he wanted the extra 4K, whatever, so because he edits the video and then mm. we put it up to YouTube. And I do edit this. I keep the stream up and then I download it and I do a basic edit, mm-hmm. um, just put some video adverts in and, I, and um, I do some cutting at the beginning and I do a rough cut at the end. Um, so really, the, I think what you're saying is if you if you're going to do some major editing yeah. to it, you really do need to look at 4K and above, yeah. really, and above, yeah, but or or at least the highest that you can get from whatever platform you're using. Now, um, what what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see people making about utilizing live video and building an audience because i i don't think it's easy um but anything worth doing isn't easy um so that's the contradiction of the human condition anything yeah, worth course. doing isn't easy that's right. and we're always looking for the easy so uh, <laughs> um, that that is the problem of the human condition in my yeah. opinion yeah. Uh, um, but we're all the same uh, um most of us are i think so um, so what, what yeah, do you yeah, that, this is a great question. I think, um, you know, and I can answer very quickly because I think we've, we've touched on aspects of this already. When you're, when you're, when you've created your membership, um, or when you created your live, you have to have a target. And I think one of the ma- major mistakes a lot of people make is that they haven't clearly defined their target and their value proposition to that target. Um, and, 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 and so that's the first piece. And I've said that already, so I won't go too deep on that, but I will share one, two more other th- items. One is this, um, this is, this is probably, I, I hope this isn't going to be, <laughs> I hope this isn't going to be earth shattering for anybody out there, but um, I know that there are one or two of you, maybe more than that, that are not doing this one thing. And that is you're not responding to comments. You're not responding to comments while live and you're not responding to comments after the live is done. I think that's a major mistake that people make when they're trying to build community uh, from their content, from their live content. Uh, I can't tell you how many, I, I say this to my, 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 my community all the time. I respond to all the comments. Don't send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook because I'm not going to respond. Put a comment on my YouTube video and I'll respond. I respond to all the comments on every YouTube video I've ever put up. And the reason why I do that is because I want to create community. 
I want to, I want people to feel like they're part of. When you respond to a comment, you don't respond and put a period. You respond and put a comma. You respond and put ellipses. You, you respond and keep the conversation going, right? So sometimes I'll answer their question, then I'll ask them one. So that when they see my response, they respond back. And so a lot of times in my comment section, there is a full conversation going on. And that's how you develop community. It's going to be very easy for somebody to move over to your membership platform when they've already been engaged with you in, in dialogue and conversation on YouTube or on Facebook because you've already been responding to them. When people realize that this is a two-way conversation, I'm not just throwing information out there for you to consume and then I expect you to pay me. When they realize like, oh, I can actually have impact on what the end product looks like, especially if you respond to the comments while you're live, that is how you build community. And, and, and that to me is, is a huge missed point uh, when people are, are launching out. That's a major mistake. The last thing I'll say is there are other communities online that have a larger set of your community. I'll take, for instance, StreamYard. I have a community for, of DIY streamers, right? StreamYard is a larger set of my community. So I go in that community and I comment in that community and I talk in that community. I want to be a fixture in that community. I want people to know my name in that community. I post my videos in that community. People share my videos in that community. I go in that community to be a, a, a member and to, to really add value, but also to receive. I don't just go in there to answer questions. I go in there to ask, hey, who, who's doing this? Who's, how are you doing this? And as we have dialogue and conversation, people get to know who I am. And because they get to go know who I am, they come to my live show and they may end up in my funnel and they may end up joining my community. So those are some of the things I think people, are, you know, they don't have that as part of their strategy is to keep that two-way conversation going, however you do it. Um, and that, that alone is a major mistake in terms of building community online. So when it comes to a membership site, you know, helping hundreds of clients build their membership community websites mm-hmm. over the past eight years, me and my team, I found that um, for understandable reasons, people um, tend to get very um, engrossed in the mechanics of building a membership website. And then one of the failings of WordPress is there's the enormous amount of choice. Yeah. And um, they get sucked into, I call the WordPress bubble of which plugin for this, that, and the other. Uh, um, and also, you know, they get in for another totally understandable reason that they want to build like what I call the war and peace of a of a course mm-hmm. um, and throw the kitchen sink in, um, and oh, that yeah. that will provide value and. What they tend not to do, unless um, they've been very active online, is that they're not building a community. They're not yeah. building. Yeah. Uh, they have no plan when to market the thing that they're spending a lot of time and money on. Yeah. Um, so how you know? I know you do. This is part of your daily activity, and um, please use Kirk's. Um, you know, he's a real expert on this, but what outline could you give if you were initially consulting somebody mm-hmm. about how they could use live video and building community and to encourage people then to 
sign up for somebody's membership website. I'm sure you've had this discussion oh, yeah. hundreds of many, times. Many, so many, many I'm not times. asking you to give everything, but maybe you could you just give us a, like three or four steps yeah, of the consultancy process that yeah. you go through somebody. Yeah, I, I actually have a, just, we just finished a series on my YouTube channel where we walk through six steps. Um, the, the series is called establishing, uh, how to establish yourself as an expert with content. And that's the point, right? You want to establish yourself as an expert. And when you have that established, one of the steps I, I say is you want to get your ask out of the way, get your ASK out of the way, right? You want to make sure you ask them to do something after you've provided them with value, after you've let them know they're in the right place, um, that you're the right one to, to guide them to, to success, and that here is the solution. Here's how the solution works. Here are examples of the solution um, um, working in the wild. Uh, here, here are testimonials of people who have used the solution. Then you say to them, here's how you get it. Uh, come to my course, come to my membership platform, come into my coaching program, whatever that thing may be. Here's, here's how I can engage with you around this solution that I've developed. So walking people through that journey is critical. Um, but what I'll also share is you, 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 you touch on a major point there, Jonathan, there's, um, I had a client hit me up, we, we did a discovery call a couple of weeks ago who was an author and he said, you know, I've got this great idea for a book. Um, uh, they have uh, chopped it around to several publishers and even though all of them like it, none of them are willing to pick me up. Why? Because they all say, I don't have an audience. Every last one of them said, you don't have an audience. And um, so he's chatting with me. And in the course of our conversation, he was saying, man, if I do all that and, I, and I'm successful and I actually do get this audience, then why would I need them? And I said, there you go. You or you would self-publish, wouldn't you? You self-publish because you've already got a captive audience that's waiting for the content that you're about to put out. They're waiting for it. They know you're going to create it. They know you're good for it because they've been following you. You've been giving them little tidbits here and there. But that book is going to be just that one thing, that one place where they can go and grab all of that value. And so you've already created the demand and now you're going to supply it. You know, that's that's the because they don't realize the day of advances from publishers for lower to medium pub um, authors have long gone. Long they, gone. They just don't. They, they are don't not interested in giving you. They only give advances to establish or larger. Absolutely. Or, right, they, they, they're not gonna, you're not going to get an advance, mm-hmm. are you? Yeah. So I, I, I that's what I would say is you want to follow that thing through. What a lot of people are, are if you're looking for a, you know, a, a three step process to create a community, I think Jonathan said it best earlier. Anything worth doing is going to take work. It's going to take work. And so don't don't look for the cheat code. Hunker down and get ready to do some work. Uh, you're going to be building a community. And if you are building a community and all you are, the, your only motivation <laughs> is to sell something to them, you're not going to build a good community. So, you see, you, 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 your motivation has to be bigger than I want to sell them something. Your motivation has to be bigger than I want to make some money. Your motivation has to be somewhere in the realm of how can I serve them? How can I provide them with immense value uh, such that they won't want to go anywhere? And if you are, if that's not your core why, then you're probably barking up the wrong tree. I think it, I'm going to say something, but as, as I'm going to say it, I'm not totally sure because there's contradictory data in, in my own spirit here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think they want, they want to know, they want to be able to trust you. Yes. But 
Yes. There's in, and I'm not going to go down this, I'm just mentioning it. If you want to go, hopefully you understand why I'm going to say that. There are people in um, online, in politics, in business, there's personalities, influencers mm-hmm. that have enormous audiences. And I think they're totally untrustworthy to their core. But yeah. they are enormously popular. Yeah. So I'm actually, I don't know what to make of that, but I still think people, do you make any sense? Am I, am I going off, no, off on the big I one think, here? Or I, do I, absolutely, be- I absolutely believe you're, you're, you're right. I think that those, those personalities, influencers, um, even politicians, they do have, they are authentic to a point. And there are people who have followed them for their original core reasonings. But then there are those, you know, you know, as they say, it's like when something goes viral, I mean, you don't even remember what the the original post was about. I mean, it's just got millions of views now. And it's like, what was this really actually put up here for? And I think that's what you see when when you reach um, peak uh, what I like to say, saturation in the marketplace. So some of the guys that I like to follow, right? I'll give you an example. Justin Brown, Sean Cannell, Luria Petrucci. These are people who have been huge uh, uh, personal um, influencers online for me, big mentors for me in terms of my my business and my, 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 my path and my trajectory and my career uh, development. Um, but they, they have millions of subscribers now, millions. Now, if you talk to them one-on-one, they're just regular everyday people like me and you, Jonathan. I mean, I mean that seriously. I've sat down with each one of these people. One on one, I mean like sit at a table eating dinner. And they, they put on one pants, one leg at a time, just like me and you. But when I post and say, hey, I just had a quick chat with Justin Brown, people go nuts. It's not because Justin Brown did anything specific or particular. It's because he's, he's at almost 3 million subscribers now on YouTube and he's just, he's got that much recognition. And, and so there is a, you know, as they say, there's a, there's a point at which that thing kind of tips over. Um, and yeah, you, it's very difficult to be quote unquote authentic and really care at that level. And, and this is why I think vanity metrics are not necessarily to be chased. I, I think it's a great paycheck, but at a, at a certain point, you can't serve that audience. I can serve maybe 50 people well, you see. Uh, but once you get past that, you have to start using platforms like YouTube with this one-to-many scenario, this one-to-many uh, delivery system so that you can actually still provide value at scale. Because I can't deal with 2 million people at one time. I can't. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, the kind of you, you, you find yourself in that space. I think that there are many people who, were authentic at one point and just, you know, time and situations and circumstances that kind of jaded them and brought them to another place where they're not authentic at all anymore. But I do think that there are those who get a bad rap. Like they have that large following and they don't seem authentic, but I think they are to the core reason why they started in the first place, but they're just kind of saturation where, where it's like, you know, people are just, they could put up a picture of their sock and somebody's going to follow that thing. You know, so it's it's kind of crazy to see how how things have 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 have, tr- have transpired and gone over the over the years, but yeah, I, I know with in, in saying that I kind of answered your next question, but I, I hope that that kind of ties into some of what we were talking about. Oh, I've got uh, before we um, 
before we go on to the last two questions, I've got another question. But sure, uh, sure. first of all, I want to warn you: don't take this the wrong way because this just—I'm English. I've been living in America for 15 years, and I'm a joint citizen. But at the core of my humour, it's English, right? Uh, um, so I'm going to forgive you, Kurt. You're a fantastic guy, but you there's one part of what you've done that's been deeply disappointing to what's, me. What's that? You know, you've gone to Kajabi, haven't you? You gave up oh. on, you gave up on <laughs> WordPress, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> you were part some of your websites are WordPress. Oh, some of oh, your yeah. That's so you, true. You, you've gone to Kajabi, you've gone to the dark. Now you know, uh, uh, but I understand in a way, you know. So can, can you outline, uh, because we, uh, on this podcast, even though it infuriates my co-host, literally, um, to the extent that he might have enough of me, is that I insist that we look at all, we look at the SaaS pub, platforms mm. we look at wordpress mm. we look at the strengths of wordpress the non-strengths we look at the strengths of kajabi right right all the other ones teachable mm-hmm. um Thank all you, of them Kartra, right yeah, there's a lot we look, out there. We, we look at them all right mm-hmm. so what led you to give up um on the membership side and go to kajabi then yeah so first of all you 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 rightly said that um my my business composition is the name of the business my wife and I run and uh it started and it still is a a web design firm we we support uh clients with their website needs in every capacity and aspect as you can think of but we are very much laser focused on wordpress we don't work on anything else we don't work on Listen, we don't work on anything else. Wix, uh, anything else. We don't work on anything but WordPress. And our, 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 our clients all, all use WordPress. So uh, for my site, however, as a content creator, I needed, I needed something that I could kind of put everything into and be done with it. I wanted to run my mailing list. I wanted to run my podcast. I wanted to run my store, right? And, and wanted to run my, of course, my membership. And, and, and then lastly, wanted to be able to run uh, my courses, all in one place on, on one pane of glass, one dashboard. And there are a number of pl- platforms out there that, that will allow you to do that. Um, and there's a number of plugins that WordPress has that will enable you to do that as well. But I just didn't care to, to figure out any of it. Um, that's, that's actually not my, my field or my, my gifting. It's not even what I want to do. And I think this is, you kind of alluded to this earlier that, you know, sometimes people, get into these spaces for a particular reason. And then they go down the rabbit hole of looking at, you know, which WordPress plugin is going to, you know, really do the job. And I think that's possible on, you know, with Thinkific and Kartra and, and Kajabi and all the others as well. People really run down the rabbit hole and they just, they, they really get into this and they don't do the work of actually creating that funnel to get people to come into the platform, no matter what the platform is. You know, you could be using Mighty Networks. It doesn't matter. But you've, you've got to create a system uh, to be able to bring people in. And so I wanted to focus mainly on creating the content and creating the systems. And I wanted a background, a back. Yeah, a background, uh, a, a, a system on the back end that would be able to manage all the other things for me. I, I create my podcast, I upload it to Kajabi and it goes all, to all the different platforms. I don't have to think about it. I put my course up. Um, I can stand up a course in literally 10 minutes. I don't have to think much about it because it's just the one way that it's being done. And it, 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 it will give it to my members in one way. It will give it to others in a different way. It, it just... It takes the guesswork out. 
Can that be done with WordPress? Absolutely. I'm the first one to tell you that there's many ways to get this thing done. But I think everyone's going to have to come at it from the perspective of what's my core thing. And my core thing. Oh, is no, I, yeah. I totally understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with I you totally, 100% as well. Yeah, yeah I, I, I totally understand why you made that decision because um, Kajabi it's a, it's a good platform and they are very, they are laser focused. On, on them, they understand who their audience oh, is, yeah. and their audience totally agree. is you, yeah, it's, a creator, it's me. <laughs> a creator. <laughs> I uh, totally um, agree with that. Yeah. So, and WordPress through the front—that's one of the purposes of WP Tony is that we don't inst- we just we don't become a, the worst mm. of worse. And what is the worst of worse? You might no. ask. The worst is what I call a WordPress wall garden, a WordPress solution that attempts to become a SaaS yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. losing the benefits the of benefit WordPress. Of WordPress right? We guide. We yeah. don't insist. I totally get it. And we, I, and that's why. we provide, yeah. <laughs> we guide, and yeah. we provide key plugins which we have licensed and it's part of the hosting. And nice. we provide a lot of support and guidance Mm-hmm. But if somebody insists that they want to use something, um, as long as it's not a security problem, they can go at it. I'm not a great, I am a great fan of the founder. He's a fabulous guy and he really understood, he really understands his audience. Um, and that's the founder of Divi. Oh, Divi, yeah. I am not a fan of Divi as a, as a WordPress page like, builder. Yeah, yeah right? I get you. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, we have a couple of clients that have five, 10,000 students mm. um, and they built it and then they got somebody and it's all built, the front of it's all built on Divi. Divi, yeah. Um, good luck to them. That's, you know, we're happy to support them. <laughs> but it's not what I would recommend. Right, right. Yeah. So let's go on to the last couple of questions. So, sure, sure. So what, you know, I think you mentioned them anyway, but so... Um, but what what do you think are a couple good resources apart from your and I would say you really if you're listening to this podcast you really need Kurt's um, I will make sure it's in the show notes absolutely you really will need that. to join his YouTube channel because sure. I've learned a lot from it yeah. uh, um, so you definitely want to join that but what are a couple of other influence or people that you think. You know, somebody's looking to. It's a slightly, yeah, it'd be a slightly different this question. And what are a couple influencers or people online that you think, like yourself, mm. can give some insight to people that are looking to utilize live video to um, help them with their digital business? Yeah, Luria Petrucci from Live Streaming Pros. That would be one I would definitely say to check out. She's got a um, a, a thing, a, 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 I guess, an incubator kind of a boot camp thing that she does where she kind of takes people through not knowing anything and kind of taking them all the way through. I'm building out one similarly to similar to that as well. In fact, going to be partnering with her on some things coming all down right. the pike. But Lori Petrucci, really, you know, in, as, far as, as far as live video is concerned, she's kind of like the godmother. I mean, she's, yeah. she's been doing it for a very, very long time. So somebody I would definitely recommend. Um, another person I would recommend you check out uh, is somebody named Diana Gladney. Diana Gladney is, is somebody I, I, I absolutely look up to. Uh, she's re- really great in terms of um, understanding people's use cases and providing really solid, unique uh, recommendations, especially for cameras and lighting and different things like that, um, depending on what you're doing with your content. But 
also just kind of gives some really good perspectives in terms of loopholes to look for and you know pitfalls to avoid uh, in terms of creating your content and getting out there. So that would be those would be two. Uh, another would be I'd say uh, Monty Weaver. Monty Weaver is another guy that I follow, and he he's he does he's kind of a he's, he's he is has a, such a wide um, array of of things that he does. Does a lot of gear reviews. Does a lot of Amazon Live as well. But he also does. Um, you know, really kind of uh, um, guides people on getting, getting their started, getting their channel started, getting their content started, and really helps people kind of walk through that beginning phases of the process. And he does a couple of boot camps as well. So those are some of the ones I would I would recommend. And and let and to be clear, man, I think there is a there's a lot on YouTube. I always want to say this because I don't I don't want I want people to understand it. It's the the point for me is not hey just buy the course or buy get in membership. The point for me is like we put a lot of content out on YouTube that is free, and okay. and there that is a one way. And people are like, oh man, you're giving away this content for free. Well, I, I get a check from YouTube every month, so I I I do. Yes, I'm putting it out there technically for free, but not really. And so the more people that watch that content, that's one way that you can actually pay us for the content. So. Check out our YouTube channels. Um, yeah. All of the people that I've named have really robust um, libraries of content on YouTube that will really help you get across the line. Um, but but if you want, you know, as I say, you, you, you want to do it that way, that's going to get you, you know, answering specific questions here, there, and everywhere. But if you want to kind of walk that process through, that's where a boot camp is so critical. Uh, if you want to, you know, have somebody kind of hold your hand, that's where coaching or membership is, is going to really kind of get you across the line a little bit quicker. So, you know, kind of balance that thing a little bit and figure out which way is the best way for you to go. So thanks so much for that. Um, so the last question, obviously I'm from the UK, like I said previously, um, and I used to watch Doctor Who in the TARDIS. Oh, nice, nice. Yes, yeah, as a child. Well, yeah. So if you had a time machine and you could go back at the beginning of this journey, wow. this winding road, this windy road, Kirk, mm-hmm. you know, is there one thing that you would like to be able to tell yourself a bit of advice or insight that obviously you're t- hopefully you're a very different person than you started this journey. Absolutely. Um, but so, um, but is there anything you like to tell yourself? Yeah, I, I would, I would absolutely tell myself um, to document everything. I, I think, um, I, yeah, document everything. I, I know that 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 seems like a just ultimately way too simple of an answer, and I'm going to unpack it just a little bit, but. Yeah document everything. I would document everything. I, I remember going through so many different things as a, uh, a, a new graduate from college going into the workforce and having to overcome different hurdles and different things that happened. I just wish I had documented all of it because now that I'm, I recognize the immense impact that content has on the world and the immense impact that stories particularly are own unique stories um, have in in grabbing people's attention and allowing them to build that, like you said, no like and trust factor so that they'll be willing to do business with me, I would document everything, um, create process maps for anything that I've overcome. Literally, my story, your story is your gold and no one else can tell it. Mm-hmm. And so if you cultivate this skill set of telling that story well, it will serve you. I don't really care what industry you're in. I don't care what your discipline, what your vocation, what your skill set, what your expertise is. Your story is what allows those 
uh, tidbits, those sound bites to come alive. I can tell you exactly how to go live in terms of live streaming in a one to 10 step process. But if I don't interject my stories into there, nobody's going to want to listen. Nobody's going to want to watch. So I would, I would recommend it to myself. I'd get back to that, in that time machine. I'd say to young Kirk, Hey, document everything, document everything, you know, write That's it down. Interesting. You know. So you don't want me asking before we wrap up the show, because obviously sure. you, you've been very generous with your time. You spent an hour with us. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think asking you to do much more than an hour is fair to you or anybody putting up with me. Uh, um, you're so polished. Did you have performance, you know, acting training? Um, no, no, no. But what I did do um, is, I, especially as I was climbing the corporate ladder when I was working in, um, in the C-suite, doing doing different things as in the technology field and media, um, I did take a lot of public speaking courses. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, I did. I because I, you know, I was I was actually being asked to go to different places and speak. In fact, it's like another side career of mine is public speaking. So I love to present. I love to get on stage. I love to 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 talk to audiences and and. In, engage with them. And I realized that those skills and that whole practice, that whole muscle that I was working um, really has lent itself well to live, you know, being able to come in live and, and really share and, and engage, even when it's just me and a camera, right? And in this case, you're, you're here with me. But sometimes I, when I go live, it's just me, the camera and the comments. And I'm able to really just have at it from there. So yeah, that's that's one of the things that has really served me well is just learning the principles and practices of public speaking. All right. I thought I'd ask that because I've always been impressed with your presentation. I'm not impressed with mine. But people say, I, people say I'm really good at this. So I, I don't know. Yeah, um, you See, you, you're natural at conversation. And I think that's something that most people aren't natural at. And I think that's, 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 well, well. um, because I I suffer from a bit of dyslexia. And as a kid, I kind of self educated myself. I was a great listener of um, Radio 4, and they used to have an interview show called Desert Island Discs. Nice. (laughs) It's a corny um, where they ask you your favorite records or music during the interview, and they go through. Um, your career and everything. I was a great listener of that. And uh, I've kind of based my interview style on Desert Island Discs. Uh, um, it will mean nothing to my Amer- our American listeners <laughs> and viewers. But if you're based <laughs> in the UK, um, you probably know. Odd thing to listen to as a child, but I, I used to love it. Um, so, <laughs> No worries, man. That, uh, yeah. is, that, is, that sounds great to me. Yeah, there's always opportunities, you know. Um, So, Kurt, what's the best way for people to find out more about you and your wisdom, which you have been so nice to share with us during this interview? This is KirkRNugent.com. KirkRNugent.com. That's my headquarters on the World Wide Web. Um, But if you want to actually just go to a page that kind of has all my links, KirkRNugent.com slash card. Has my digital business card, and it has you know some of the courses on there, some of the play, uh, playlists on my YouTube channel, of course, um, different things that you may want to engage with, and and of course you can even grab fifteen minutes on my calendar right from that digital business card. Uh, jump on a little, a quick little Zoom meeting with me, and we can chat it up about some of the things you want to do. 
um, and and see you know where that takes us. If 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 that means we we end up sending you back over to Jonathan so he can help you, uh, but or we may end up sending you to wptonic.com. I mean, honestly, there's so much resources on there. I just pulled up the site myself, so that's definitely something we want to make sure you guys get a chance to see. But yeah, that's how you would get in touch with me, KirkRNugent.com, and I always emphasize the R because I have a really good friend who has the same name as me, Kirk Nugent. And his is KirkNugent.com. If you go to there, he's a public speaker, uh, work with Tony Robbins and several others. That's not me though. Uh, mine is KirkRNugent.com and I would love to have you. Oh, please go there. Uh, like I said, I've learned a lot from you. Um, and it's been great. Um, how to end... I've just gone blank a bit. I've been Starfield. No, yeah. um, <laughs> I'm getting old, so my uh, mind wanders. Um, you've been our first guest on the Membership Machine show. We're on episode 43, I think. Yeah. And you're our first guest, and I do appreciate you um, agreeing to come on the show. Absolutely. Um, I do another podcast that's in 770. I've been <laughs> at it about eight years or something. But this is our first guest for this show. We will be having other guests on, but I do appreciate you agreeing to come on there. I think Absolutely. it's been a Fabulous discussion. Um, definitely look at Kirk um, channel. I've been I've been saying partly Kurt. Uh, the reason I've been doing that is my other podcast. My co-host is Kurt. Yeah, and Kirk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I'm such a maniac that I get the words mixed up. So God help me. Um, I'm going to end it now, folks. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. It's been a great discussion. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Membership Machine Show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and leave a rating to support the show. Until next time.